Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour, you, well, it is, I'm just trying to check the date, it's 28th of the 7th, that would be July, I'm Andrew Gagan, great to get you join us, I'm trying to play catch up here, our two guests for the show, or should I call them experts? Yeah, yeah. so, uh, Adam Dawes <laughs> from Shore and Partners and Mark Gardner for MPC Markets, welcome to both of you. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, it's great to be here. Um, in fact, look, we've just had a bit more data drop in our laps with uh, retail sales. Um, Adam, what, what are you thinking there? Down 0.8% for the month, much more than expected. I think it was expected to be flat, essentially. Yeah. How is this likely to translate what you're seeing in the economy? And I guess stocks specifically, you know, particularly discretionary mm. sector, Yeah. what are your expectations? Well, does that mean interest rates, rising interest rates, does that mean it's working? that retail sales or, are down. And will they go again or will they hold? I think they will go again. I think right. they're going to follow the US, which is basically keep, keep the foot on the accelerator. Or break. For, or break for yeah. as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, that, that will definitely... So interest rates definitely moving higher. Retail sales, it means that, it means that things are working. And, and we've known this for a while. Consumer discretionary, all of those things. It's a, an avoid, a stay away, uh, sell, you know, until those macroeconomic signs start to look a little bit better. So yeah, and, and unless we will dive into the detail, I think uh, it was you know sort of expected that those retail sales numbers are gonna be a lot softer going forward. Yeah, you look at those household spending uh, indicators, in fact, marks showing that discretionary spending is pretty much falling off a cliff at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. And we've we've got this bad habit from particularly from research analysts to just go just go so far ahead of ourselves. Um, we're thinking about the next cycle. I mean, we we're in the middle of a rate hike cycle. Inflation's still at six percent, and um, and there's so much literature out there about you know when the when the Fed's going to cut next. I mean, it's just it's too it's looking far too far ahead. Yeah. It takes six to eighteen months minimum for these um, you know for the actual rate movements to hit economies, and it always has. Even you look back to um, sort of leading into 2007, this sort of rally that's going on at the moment, leading into when the recession hit, is was it was um, exactly the same. Basically, there was just that that last gasp of euphoria before the um, before the numbers actually really bring home a reality check. So um, yeah, we haven't looked. We're not really looking in the consumer discretion at the moment. Obviously, until you know significantly lower prices, and then you know we. You'd only really be going into you know high quality stuff, so because um, they 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 will come off and it will be it will be a lot of panic. But they, we do have some of the best retailers in the world in Australia, so realistically, kind of almost looking forward to being able mm. to pick them up for for a long term. Mm. All right, well let's uh, let's get into what we're going to look at today, stock wise. Our first five: Abigas Property, Asira Resources, Estia Health, American Rare Earths, and Somerset. Group and our stock of the day is Capricorn Metals. We've got a slew of production updates at the moment coming from the from the um, materials sector. It is the uh, Aussie Gold producer based 
in WA releasing their um, June 23 activities report saying an increase in mining activity in the past quarter, but they're expected to remain consistent into the fourth quarter. And it's saying that it's achieved a strong cash flow generation from operations to a record one and a half, uh, one, 155, I should say, million dollars there. However, uh, you take a look at the stock today, it has been absolutely smashed. Um, well, that's the yearly chart that you see just at the very end there. Um, and Adam, yeah. I guess we've seen this elsewhere with some of the goldies too. It's yeah, like well, miss or disappointing production, yeah, and um, and they are getting hit hard. Well, it's it's also all of the gold stocks today. Evolution, Newcrest, yeah, that's true. all. Uh, so you know, great day for Capricorn to come out and uh, you know sort of say something to the market. So yeah, all a lot softer. Um, and the US dollar has been strengthening, so that's definitely been putting pressure on our commodities or the gold stocks. And um, yeah, it's interesting. I really like Capricorn. I think it's, it's, I mean, I always stay in the top Northern Star Evolution or Newcrest. Don't buy Newcrest at the moment, but yeah, those two. But Capricorn was one of my favorite ones. Um, this one is probably one of the only massive porphyries that we've got here in Australia. And so these guys have done very, very well. We were investing this one when it was sort of five, 10 cents now. It did do a consolidation, so don't take that. Yeah, so it, it's all relative. But um, yeah, we've done very well on Capricorn. I'm going to say it's a buy. I really like it. Mm. Um, I think it, as Wait, I said- is that, Have you changed your tune today, given like you say, now it's down to these levels? Uh, no, I think it's, it's, it's a very good company, very well-run company. Um, I'm trying to remember where they are. Um, it's near Orange uh, in, in Australia. But yeah, so they're very, very good and it's got a, a fantastic porphyry. Porphyry is basically a large gold deposit, but very low grade. Lots of gold, but low grade gold. So mm. lots of dirt needs to get uh, taken out of the ground to get it. But yeah, really like Capricorn, so I'm going to stay with a buy on it. That's high cost though, given... Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why they, their capex was a little bit because you're seeing that with all those production reports at yeah. the moment. Yeah, Northern Star, similarly, yeah. and that, I mean that's come off tremendously yeah. uh, given the cost it's facing. Yeah, um, and and all in sustaining costs, and I don't know how much it costs them to get a, the ounce of gold out of the ground. Um, but I think the capex was a little bit higher this quarter, but I think they've got that under control. So, yeah, I'm really comfortable with it. I like it. It's a good story. Mark, do you agree? Um, I'm not much of a gold bug, so I'm going to separate this into the business and then um, the sort of the more the store of value trade um, afterwards. But these guys have been improving greatly. Um, there is that capex number was a little bit high, but overall, you know, they've got four mines. You know, they are based in Australia. Um, things are things are incrementally improving, um, which means management's doing their job. Um, and as we've seen with a lot of these gold miners, obviously, you know, this increase, the inflation sort of coming in in terms of wage costs and, um, you know, uh, higher spends to get things out of the ground. Um, so, but yeah, and but as I said about um, the store of value trade, we're sort of very much, we, we're a believer in that. We think that, you know, as we get to the top in rates, which I, I don't think we're, we're near yet, but um, that, you know, gold and silver will both uh, rally quite significantly. Um, silver's our preferred play. And um, just on the back of, basically, the I think solar uh, increases the demand about 15% uh, for the next couple of years per annum. Um, for silver. Um, the gold-silver ratio is trading at fairly historical lows. And when the store of value trade kicks in, silver actually traditionally rallies harder. So, and then it's got that industrial use behind it of about 60%. So 
with these costs at the moment, um, we're just going with the ETP MAG, which is the physical silver. So we just we're negating that risk there with mm. the um, with the cost. But obviously, you know, at some stage we would, you know, we want to switch into um, into a miner who's going to take the. Uh, usually, the price goes first, and then the the mines will catch up as they're, as they're um, clocking in those those uh, extra margins. So, what, so yeah. what's your preferred miner then? Um, in in silver. Yeah. Uh, is, uh, silver mines is okay. I mean, there's not a lot to choose from. There's really, not a lot to choose from. Yeah. So that's another part of the reason why we're just probably sticking with uh, the physical at the moment. But um, there's a there's a couple of new new sort of IPO or just just past IPO um, stocks that have um, that uh, that have sort of come on that might be on you know in production in a couple of years, which we which we may consider. But it's not a there's not a huge breadth. Um, mm. Of, of choice there. So yeah, that um, ETP MAGs, but just a simple play for the moment. All right. So what's your call on capital? Uh, look, I I would hold it here for sure. Um, I would prefer to buy silver. So I'm just going to, I think it's hold as probably as far as I can go. But I think that store of value trade will work quite well over the next 18 to 24 months. All right. That is our stock of the day, Capricorn Metals. Let's get into the ones as picked by you. The first one being Abacus Property. Uh, it is what's sort of destapling at the moment two, into two separate entities, Abacus Group and then Abacus Storage King, uh, which will then be listed on the ASX 200. Mark, what are your thoughts then, and particularly given this move? Yeah, we don't mind the storage space. Um, NSR is quite a good choice in that space, pretty high yielding. Um, they've also got Office as well, which I'm v- very much not keen on. Um, so I think it's probably not a bad idea for them sort of splitting it up. Um, problem with the storage though is it is it is fairly, it's short-term rentals. Um, so there won't be necessarily stability in earnings. Um, and they do have a fairly high debt level as well. So you, I think if you've got a, you know, beyond a 30% debt, debt to capital, Capital ratio, you probably want some stable earnings. So, um, NSR's sort of proven proven itself um, in the past. It probably would be if you were going to go and buy today, that'd be um, in this space. That'd be what I'd be going with. Uh, but this would be an avoid for me um, for now because you know these these structural um, defaults from companies with funds in the US on office space and the uncertainty around you know whether we're going to stick with work from home, etc. I just don't. I don't really feel the need where you can get uh, fairly good returns in in fixed income to be taking, you know, to be rolling the dice. Um, and it might be just something that, um, you know, you'd probably go down. You'd probably go with the specialists um, and go Dexas in the office space, NSR in the storage um, in the storage space. But uh, probably really only considering industrial um, reads at the moment. And even then, we we don't have we don't have much of that on, if 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 any at all. Mm. So. Okay. All right. So you don't like that one, Adam? Do you? I'll go the other side to Mark. Okay. I think I like it. I like Adam. it. Um, I like I like self storage. I think they uh, decoupled at a really good price, one forty one. Market was looking for one forty six to one forty one, so they came in a lower range, leaving a little bit. Which everybody who's doing an IPO should listen to this. Uh, you should always leave a little bit uh, on the sidelines for some shareholder growth because that's. What happens if you look at something like a Redox came in at a higher valuation first day, got sold back down to 230, and that's potentially where it should have listed, which would have then helped it move higher. But anyway, so 141, I think it was, it was quite good, represent a really good discount. The reason why I like this is, is that uh, an Ask, uh, um, Abacus Storage Group, which is ASK, which will be the stock code, 
Um, it has around about 131 assets at the moment. However, they will be, it's a very fragmented market. There's only two or a couple of big key players and then the rest is all mum and dad locations. These guys can come in with a decent balance sheet. They can come through, they can do a roll-up story and if they can continue to do those roll-ups, if they can continue to do that, that will be good. Abacus is going to maintain a 19.9% stake. Potentially, that's a bit of an overhang, so that's something that could be a little bit iffy on the on the stock market. But overall, I'm really, really comfortable. So we're talking about Abacus, not ASK. Abacus' new stock code is going to be ABG, Abacus Group. Um, that will, on the 3rd of August, will come and turn around. Um, Abacus, I think is okay, I prefer the storage side of things. So we've really sort of moved into that storage. And so all shareholders of Abacus will be getting some stock in ASK. So for me, it's a hold on Abacus Group. Uh, the Storage King, I'm gonna say it's a buy. Um, but yeah, for me, um, that yeah that 10% discount, I think it was well worth it. And investors should look at uh, Abacus Storage mm. uh, for that as of the 1st or 2nd of August. Well, Mark was saying if you had to, I mean, he, he would go for national storage rate. Do you, how do you Yeah, NSR, to- NSR has has done okay. It's been mm-hmm. all right and it's, mm-hmm. been a, it's been a good story. I just think this new entrant in there is going to get a lot of some of that flow uh, going forward. So, yeah, NSR is okay. I think the new kid on the block is going to do well. Yeah, all right. Okay, well, let's uh, head back into resources now, Sire Resources. Uh, once again, production report, and it's been punished. Uh, I think it was down about 16% off the back of that production report at 15,000 tonnes below estimates. Uh, but significantly, in fact, it paused production uh, between May and June, given the lack of demand, essentially, in that volatile Chinese anode market. And we can see what's happened to the share price as a result um, so, Adam, what are your thoughts then for Sire? I've had a long history with this story. Um, and just quickly, a, uh, a Shore & Partners stockbroker went out and pegged the land in Africa. And my, people might know his name is Tolga. He's quite a prolific investor in the, in the small mining, mining space. He went out and pegged this land for five cents uh, many, many years ago. And a lot of people in the Melbourne office got very well off on the back <laughs> of him pegging that land and then him subsequently doing capital raises at 60 cents, 80 cents. And, and then obviously it's, it, it blew up and uh, blew up and being, meaning it went very well. But now uh, the big banks have got it in touch with it and they've really just continued to con- yep, destroy shareholder wealth on this one. I think it's an avoid. I don't think you need to be there. Graphite is certainly something that, yes, it is a material that is needed for electricity conducted. It is, it is needed in this new world transition, but it just looks like Sara really can't get, get out of their own way. And they've said that the, the, the weak graphite market conditions have sort of, as you say, put a pause on production. Mm. But any kind of pause, any kind of disruption is the market is going to absolutely, uh, come, you know, sort of tear up your share price. And I think that there's more to go on the downside on this one. So I would say avoid. Longer term, though, do you believe in it? I think it, it costs, yeah, uh, yes, but I think management needs to really sort of wake up and mm. sort of see how they're going to do this. And you can't have delays. You just can't have delays. And I just think that there's more delays coming on this one. So, yeah, um, maybe it's a 2024 story, but I'm not going to put my client's money in there for a hope. I'd need to do a lot more work on it. And I've done a lot of work on it previously. It was a very good company and then got taken over and so the large banks got involved with it and they've really destroyed it. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's, a, it's an avoid for me. Mark? Yeah, really like the graphite space. Um, this one, yeah, it's just not 
it hasn't performed, it hasn't delivered. Um, the and look in these sort of rare earths and graphite, um, the anode space, it's you know there's seventy odd percent nearly China. Um, that they're selling into, and the Chinese, it's, it, they can make a decision um, that comes out of nowhere, which really destroys the demand. So, um, we like uh, an early stage uh, black rock mining, which is in Tanzania. They got um, they're involved with POSCO, so that sort of takes the the China out of the equation. Um, they're probably twelve to eighteen months from. Um, uh, f- from first production, uh, but they're sitting at a fairly, you know, fairly cheap price at the moment if you're willing to wait. But the um, they've already got offtake deals for the life of the mine, which is 26 years, and um, and they're also it'll be the most ESG or the greenest mine uh, basically on the planet because it runs off uh, hydroelectricity that the Tanzanian government uh, infrastructure um, built. So um, and their margins are, will be considerably better than um, than zero overall. So, so, but that that graphite space, there's more graphite in a lithium battery than there is lithium. Mm. It's nearly, it's anywhere up to half the battery. So, there will be demand for it. Um, and the natural graphite is a better conductor um, than the synthetic graphite. So, it, uh, it because it's it's a fair bit denser. But uh, this one is definitely, I would agree with Adam. It's a, it's an avoid for now because you don't really need. Um, Supply disruptions, poor management, and you know the banks hanging over your head. Um, it just it's just problem after problem. So, uh, yeah. but it may it may mean I, I agree twenty twenty four story potentially if they if they yeah. get forced to a point where they've got to sort things out and um, and they're at a cheap price. Well, then there's probably a good upside. Yeah. So you mentioned BlackRock Mining then. That, yeah, that's BlackRock the, Mining. I mean, uh, and I, there's maybe not a necessity to be buying that until it gets volume either. To well, be, in to fact, I, no, it's not a, not a very attractive share price there. But, no, uh, yeah. no. But not in production as yet. It's sort of in that orphan phase, the right. Lassonde curve, where you know, all the expenditure's being done now, and then they'll start to reap the benefits leading into first production. So um, you probably want to be on those you know, about six to 12 months out from production. Right. Okay. That is Sira Resources, or Sira, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, let's now get into Estia Health, and uh, it's uh, well, it's saying it's engaging in constructive discussions with Bain Capital on prote- uh, potential transaction here. I don't know whether we've got a further update just as far as Estia is concerned, but Mark, w- what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's a tough business, the aged care business, and you know, even if you want to increase your margins, you, do you tend to end up you know, getting some pretty bad press because um, obviously you'd be taking away from the people you're servicing. Um, so yeah, it's one of the look. We've got an aging population, um, and these you know, if if this is done right, um, it will be you know, aged care will be a great thing. And but it will definitely have to be done at scale um, due to due to the you're realistically never going to get large margins on this. Yeah. Um, so you're just going to get absolutely pasted from a public relations point of view. So, um, so it's probably I, I, it's not really my wheelhouse. It's not something I would consider at the moment. Um, I think this is probably you got the baby boomers having the the record numbers of uh, retirements now. This is sort of something I'd be looking at in five years time. Mm. Um, but as you know, as that. You know those those guys reach retirement or they're at a stage where they want to go into you know assisted living um, facilities etc so it um, I can understand it from a long-term point of view but yeah not for me for now um, yeah it's too hard interesting you make that point though it's almost a moral dilemma isn't it that perhaps um, it's to make a profit 
in that space is wrong. That's a consideration. Yeah. For I mean, if you were of the socialist leaning, you should you'd, <laughs> you'd be thinking that this should be something realistically run by the run run as run by the government almost yeah. in a way, but um, or at least you know semi-government. Um, but yeah, it, it is a really difficult thing to manage margins and and, yeah. your, and your outlook. So, but it is a growth area. It is definitely know, a growth area. All, and the population, including us, are getting older. Speak for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take it away then. There's a couple of things on margins. Absolutely, it is it is imperative that they get those margins right. However, the government, and rightly so, through the Royal Aged Care Commission, I don't know what, what the wording was, but that commission that they that they had, um, they basically then needed to put more registered nurses on, which obviously means that margins have to get squeezed because you have to pay more to get these higher qualified people in. So all of a sudden, your your margins are again getting squeezed now. We recently put my mother-in-law into some assisted care, had to go through the whole process. And it's actually quite a difficult process to get through and to work out the language and get all that kind of stuff. So, and you know, there's a lot of people that are paying very a lot of money to be in these things. So your first rate is about half a million dollars. That's mm. a refundable asset deposit. And then you've got a daily care amount. And then on top of that, if you wanted a glass of wine or if you wanted this or you wanted that, it goes up to $250 a day kind of thing. Well, if you own a house, normally you've got to sell it to fund that's, it. That's right. So yeah. there's all these assets and issues there as well. So um, I think... Yeah, the, the problem is with this business and like a lot of other businesses that it's very dependent on what the government says and with the stroke of a pen, the government can change their rules and regulations without really consultation and without being anything. And as a shareholder, you would be standing there or sitting there going, what the hell just happened? So now obviously what's murking the water a little bit here is, is that you've got Bain Capital in here with a revised non-binding and conditional proposal. Now there's many, many things that can go wrong <laughs> inside of that. And at $3.20, I think it was $3.20, um, then, you know, SD Health actually looked pretty good. But the problem is that this is also winding on now and Bain Capital haven't come back because it's non-binding, it's non-conditional, and the share price is now starting to move lower. So it'd be great to get a, an insight into what Bain's wanting to do with this or private equity is looking to do with this. But there's only a couple of players in there, Regis and SDR, and they're both not for me. Um, so I'm going to say avoid as well because I think it's very tough margins as well as government issues. There's lots of things that can go wrong in this business. All right. They do also have competition from like non-profits or uniting care as well. Yeah, so yeah. it makes it really difficult for them to, you know, not everyone not everyone playing in the space is a capitalist, you know. So it, it, it really, you know, they're competing on price with people who aren't looking to make a profit. So that makes it very difficult yeah. as well. All right. In fact, we're going to weigh back into this sector on the New Zealand side um, in just a moment. But before we get there, let's head back into resources. We're chopping and changing um, and head to American Rare Earths. Uh, it has identified a new rare earth deposit, uh, Wyoming. In fact, the company Blurb is potentially one of the largest rare earth deposits in North America. Do we buy that? Um, Adam. Well, rare earths aren't really that rare. Yeah, so well, let, let's let's be let's be one hundred percent truthful here that there are a lot of that out there. Um, I think one of the one of the questions that was posed to us on this one is that, that these guys were looking to do a Nasdaq listing. I think this is the one, wasn't it, from uh, Mitch? Wanting... Oh, in fact, you're right. Yeah, let me get to that. My mistake, saying that. Yeah, Mitch wanted to know. Well, only because I did work on it. So. You're right. <laughs> uh, yeah, a planned private listing on the NASDAQ, uh, how they plan to reach the minimum requirements to be able to list. Yeah, so 
like I think overall, rare earths is something. And look, they're in the right space being in America, right? So you've got fantastic offtake agreements. You've got a jork resource. There's significant potential for this Hallett Creek, which is the one in Wyoming that they've talked about. Okay, mm. so they're saying that that can go further. And then, then there's this whole thing about this Nasdaq listing. So Nasdaq listing obviously is isn't a bad thing, but there's lots of these spacs that's been going around. Special purpose mm. access. Special purpose, oh. something vehicle acquisition, acquisition. A- so, anyway, so yeah. they're called SPACs, yeah. uh, and so basically, it's a, what is called an RTO, reverse takeover. So you've got these other stocks or that are on the Nasdaq that aren't doing much. They're going to load these new businesses in there, and then they put it back to the market. So always concerned about those SPACs. You've got to be a little bit careful because uh, there's a lot of other shareholders that are in there that really aren't natural shareholders of a rare earths business as well. But one of the things is that for minimum listing is that they've got to have equities of $2 million and uh, they've got to have 300 plus shareholders. So all of those sort of um, ticks that they need to do, they can do it. But you know that the NASDAQ is a very large pool and it's going to be a very, very small fish. And I just don't know how that's going to work for these guys. But overall, the Jork resource looks good. It looks okay. Uh, It's certainly not setting the world on fire for, for rare earths. So for me, it would be a hold. Wait and see how that NASDAQ listing, if it does come through, should be okay. But yeah, I'd be careful on this one. Even the share price looks a little bit weak at the moment. Are there any other stocks you'd be interested in that space? It used to be oh, oh Linus. Yeah, is, yeah. yeah. Mm. I'd stay with Linus. Right. I think I think that's the the bigger play mm. in there, and always you always gravitate to the number one player, not the number two, three, or four player mm. in the space. And so Linus would be would be my pick. Yep. Okay, Mark. Yeah, it's it's a great story. Um, and look, I, I think they I think I guess the methodology, well, the thinking behind them going onto the Nasdaq might be that um, there's not a lot of. Re- I mean, we're, we've got. We've got a glut of resource stocks to invest in, but if yeah. you're looking at the states, it, you know they so they might actually benefit from being almost the only one in that space. So it'll be if people want to invest domestically, well then you know they, it's very easy for them to instead of going and having to try and find an Australian um, an Australian based business. So it um, I think it's probably smart from that um, from that aspect. Um, I think they've had a bit of a cornerstone investment from um, Fidelity as well. It's super early stage. Um, and they, when they say potentially the biggest, uh, there hasn't been a lot of, well, there hasn't been very many big rare earth projects over there. So that's, I mean, that's more opportunistic marketing than yeah. anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, um, and look, it's, it's ter- in terms of refining, whether they've got the refining technology um, in the state. So I know that... Um, they're looking at those um, the ferrite batteries and things at mm. Tesla, but just because they're worried about the the supply security for rare earths, because the um, power to weight ratio for the lithium batteries is much better with the with the heavy rare earths in them um, for magnetising the batteries. It um, so it's something they want to lock down, and people are scrambling to lock down. And they supply. don't want it to be anywhere near China. No, they don't. Right? Absolutely. And so this makes sense that this yeah. is coming and refining in the US and doing all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but it's a long way off. I mean, whether they've got the expertise. Um, to get the refining going, the mine's still a way off. But uh, yeah, so I don't think there's any major rush to get into this. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be, you know, they've obviously got their jork resource. I think you, if you want to play in this space outside, there's a, one that listed recently, um, DY6. It's um, near that Lindian resources, which rallied. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And that's literally just a... Um, 
Now that's a, that's a drilling um, results play basically, and then mm. you probably want to be out of those sorts of things. And, but people are scrambling for that uh, that rare earth exposure. It's ninety percent between um, Myanmar and China. And there's ninety percent of the refining and the and the mining. Yeah. So it's um, anywhere outside of there. You, I think you'll even find automobile companies, the EV space might just try to lock down or even, you know, um, sort of vertically integrate by, by taking large chunks mm. of these because um, range anxiety is the big thing about EVs and these things make the car, uh, rare earths make the cars much, much better in, a, in terms of a power to weight ratio. Mm. So what, what's your call on the stuff? Oh, no, this is an avoid for now. Oh, um, right. I think it's, it's just too far away as, as, as it stands. Um, I'd be, yeah, I'd be looking at it, um, you know, I'd be wanting to look at a business plan in, in a year's time yep. um, rather than rather than now. I don't think thematic trades are going to work. We're already sitting at, you know, pretty elevated levels in all, mm. the, all the global indexes. Yep. I think it's very risky to be buying a thematic trade at the top of the range. All right. Um Gee, I think you've run off the road, Mark. You've the number of avoids you've had. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's see how you go with a bit stock, shall we? Uh, because we're back into that ageing population thematic there with Somerset Group, which is based in New Zealand. Uh, retirement villages, independent living, villas, apartments that build. In fact, it just recorded its highest ever number of resale settlements in the past quarter. So, okay, Mark, what do you think about this one? This one I much prefer to the previous. Um, it's very large. It's two and a half billion or yeah. market cap or something. So, I'd, and and I was just sort of surprised at how I'd not heard of it, to be honest. Well, um, and, and to be honest, uh, when we cross to our regulars in New Zealand, it, it's a stock that comes up quite often. Yeah, and and look, their debt to assets is really is really quite low. Um, mm. Their sales are going through the roof. They're expanding into Australia. So. If you wanted to be involved in the space and you wanted exposure, um, I think the dividend yield is quite a little is you know is about two point two two point five, mm. um, which will be increasing because I think the, those sales um, those that was a really high you know high level of sales that they got going, and I think some um, you know, there's some projects coming to fruition, and obviously particularly in Australia you know with housing shortages etc. If you've got available. Um, Available units to be selling, um, you're going to get a premium price. So, again, all the th- all the same things as previous. It's, it's a tough segment, but um, these guys seem to be bigger, more scale, a little bit more established, expanding, and and doing um, you know doing all the right things. So, of the two, I definitely prefer this one, and it, and it seems to be at a relatively decent price. I think um, traded at the fifteen around the fifteen dollar fifty mark, uh, sort of mid twenty twenty one. So. That's well. I think it's so you know you're getting it down here around about the around about the nine dollar mark. So there's plenty of upside. I'd be happy to buy this. It's fairly defensive, um, and their projects are already you know significantly the way through. You're back on the road. You've come up with a buy. Well done. All right, Adam. I'm going to say it's an avoid just to do the inside <laughs> of that one at the moment. The only reason for that, I mean, look, Macquarie's got a, uh, they've upgraded their price target. They've got a $13.85 sort of New Zealand price, not Aussie price, but New Zealand price. And they've said that they're seeing strong improving uh, for housing market and demand is moving in the right direction. So all of that, but it is so thinly traded on our market when I left the desk at 11.30, I think it, it, it had like it was traded like 10 shares or like 100 shares. So mm. we call them lobster pots. Easy <laughs> to get in, but hard to get out. Yeah, and this right. is exactly what this is. It needs more volume. It needs more people. It needs more cap, you know, those kinds of things. It needs uh, more research on it to sort of get the, the activity going. So for me, um, 
while demand looks good and everything else, it's just too illiquid for me on our market. So I'd be cautious and that's why I'm avoiding it. Fair enough. All right, so let's sum up the first half of the show then. Our stock of the day was uh, Capricorn Metals. Uh, a buy from Adam, he likes it. Uh, talking about the, the uh, grade of the deposit there, which looks very promising, he says. Uh, Mark, though, he's got a hold on it, uh, but not negative on it. So, uh, but it did, uh, it has been hammered today given its most recent update. Um, to those stocks as picked by you, Abacus Property, which is splitting its, uh, having off its Abacus Storage King, um, is an avoid from Mark. Uh, he's, he is worried about office exposure there, and uh, but he does, in terms of storage, uh, prefers NSR, National Storage REIT. Adam, uh, he likes self-storage. Uh, he got a, a hold on Abacus Group, and he'd have a buy on the storage king part of the business. Uh, that's about to be listed. Uh, Sire Resources, an avoid from Adam. Um, just in terms of what's happening in the graphite market at the moment, it did uh, pause on its production given uh, the lack of it in China. And uh, look, also an avoid there from Mark. He's, uh, he's liking BlackRock Mining uh, based in Africa. Uh, just in terms of healthcare, uh, aged care, SDA Health subject to a... Um, a, uh, a takeover by Bain Capital. No from Mark and an avoid from Adam, uh, pointing out also the potential there for regulatory risk. And American Rare Earths, a hold from Adam uh, as it uh, attempts to list on the NASDAQ and an avoid from Mark. And finally, the Somerset Group, uh, once again, diverse opinion here, a buy from Mark, uh, seeing good scale there, whereas an avoid from Adam pointing out just how thinly traded it is. All right, let's uh, check in with our own portfolio, which is picked by our investment committee. The last episode of that committee is live here to watch at ausbiz.com. So checking in on the update going into July, Boss Energy was replaced by Paladin. Kelsian is out for La Visa. So checking in on its performance thus far, it's up about 7.8% on a cumulative return basis since the beginning of March last year. So keep sending in your requests. Keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Well, the next half of the show, we'll be taking a look at Eagers Automotive, Meridian Energy, Qantas, Marley Spoon, and Drone Shield. So let's begin with Eagers Automotive. Uh, it is Australia's largest uh, car dealership group, uh, about 200 showrooms nationwide, I believe. It's... Uh, Revenue about $1 billion higher in calendar 23 that's expected. And it's uh, also, I guess, looking forward to the next story. It's all about EVs, of course. It's struck a deal with BYD out of China. Adam, mm. what are your thoughts? Uh, look, this one's a really interesting one because you're right, EVs is certainly something that's going to continue and we know that that demand is going to happen. But AP Eagers have done quite interesting. They've just taken a stake in Macmillan Shakespeare, around about 5.7% stake in Macmillan Shakespeare. And uh, in SIQ, they've also taken a 5% stake. Both of those are novated lease businesses. Both of those are going to do very, very well because the government has come out and said that if you buy uh, an EV that's over $84,000, $80,000 worth, you can basically get 20 grand rebated back over two years. Now that's really going to push the electronic vehicle market and that's why AP Eagers is in there um, doing these things to basically, because they can see the demand and they can see what's happening. So 
Um, just before you go on, I should add, we did have a viewer comment about this, uh, Greg saying he's a long-term holder. Uh, it feels as though they have solid dividends, growth potential, particularly with distribution rights for BYD. Yeah, so that, that, that increased supply of the BYD is looking to drive volume and we expect that they'll see improved availability of those vehicles. I mean, I haven't really seen many BYD vehicles on the road. I, I sort of, you can see Tesla's on the road, but you know, but most car manufacturers are now basically saying that they're not going to be doing combustion engines pretty much now, um, that it's going to be all electronic. So look, there's certainly, uh, there's further models to be coming. Look, I really like this story. I think um, it's a hold up here just on a technical side of things. I think it looks really toppy here and you could even say there's a sort of a triple top, maybe mm. even more coming through. So I'd be just be a little bit cautious. I think you could get this thing for around $13 and I think that's a fantastic buy. You can take the dividend out of it and there you go, you're back down to that sort of levels. Um, but I think these guys are smart. They're getting in. They know that there's going to be more of these uh, novated leases coming out, which once the novated lease is bought, yeah, where are you going to go? You're going to go to something like an AP Eagles to buy the car. So I think it's it's well worth it. And they'll do very well on both of those two small positions that they've got in those two other companies. So um, it's a hold yeah. on the on the technical side of it, on the actual chart, because it looks a little bit toppy up here. All right, with the potential to buy if it does come off. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, it, it tends to be very volatile over earnings as well. So I, I sort of, I tend to agree. I'd, I'd be a very reluctant buyer here, but um, but I do, I do quite like it long term. Um, so Nick Politis, I think he's a major shareholder. Mm. Um, look, you know, from the City Forward days, he's, it, it's and it's also a sneaky sort of real estate play, to be honest as well. Mm. They've they've got a lot of really good prime real estate. Um, the yeah, so the BYDs are about sixteen odd percent cheaper than the Teslas, um, but I think people will wake up to the fact. That, um, I'm I'm pretty sure BYD is producing part a good section of the Teslas um, in China now as well. I think they're using the um, the BYD batteries. Right. So um, I recently, hot, you know, looking at a new car, uh, renting. Uh, I rented a Tesla for the weekend to go back to my parents' farm. It's five hundred kilometres away and. Worried about obviously what everyone else is worried about the range anxiety and there's mm. charging stations everywhere. It cost us 20 minutes on a six-hour trip. Like it wasn't it wasn't that big of a deal. And and I and I think um, once people get over that range anxiety thing, it, it was um, you know it, there was no, no fuel bill for a yeah. you know, 1200k turnaround trip basically because yeah. the Mind charging you, stations you are want free. To see those so. prices come down, don't you? Yeah, but you're getting that government rebate um, as well. But and these guys are at the bottom end of the range, being you know a good 16% cheaper as well so um i do i, I would maybe because if they do have a really good result they, they do have a tendency to be you know they're, they're they definitely feature in the leaders and laggards on the days when they mm. report so i maybe having a small nibble here just if you haven't got any and then you know you're not going to you know you can add to the position on strength or you can add to the position on weakness because i think over the next couple of years they will do extraordinarily well and particularly with that the, you know that lead feeder of the uh of the novated leases as well so yeah. Um, you know, because there's always been that worry with Macmillan Shakespeare and SIQ that the government's going to change the regulation. Yeah, it would which be, they've done before. Which they have done before, and it would be a super unpopular decision for them to, to reverse this. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think you can probably take some surety in that factor. So, yeah, I, I think they're, uh, yeah, be buying dips in this. If you're really, really desperate to own it, maybe just buy a small parcel now, wait for earnings. Mm. Okay. All right. That is uh, Igus Automotive. Now, we're going to head back across the Tasman to New Zealand with Meridian Energy. Uh, it is picked by Ian. It is a, it's a gen tailor, so, and with a focus on renewables, generates its uh, 100% of its um, 
energy through renewable re uh, sources such as wind, water, and sun. And in fact, I think it accounts for 35% of New Zealand's electricity wow. supplies. So it's sizable. Mark? Uh, I don't generally like businesses where the uh, earnings upside's capped. So, and you know, when you're a, re when you're a retailer, of electricity, obviously, as you know, the AGLs of the world have seen, mm. you know, the government comes in when people are um, screaming about cost of living um, and things like that. So well, it's you only not. Have to look at what happened to Victoria today. Uh, well, I well, didn't that, see. Well, they, the government's saying no more gas for new builds. Yeah, right. There you really? go. Yeah. So it's just I don't. You don't. I mean, look, this could be a great business, and and I think the. Um, but I don't like being involved in things where where you really don't have a lot of control. Well, the company doesn't really have a lot of control over um, a, a regulation change, or they don't have a lot of pricing power. And further to um, the other New Zealand company, Somerset, like it's thin. So mm. if you're going to get blindsided by a regulation change, you definitely don't want to be in a thin stock. So yeah. it. Um, it, yeah, it's certainly one. It's it's an avoid for me. It's not it's not that it's a bad company, but it um, if anything goes wrong, you'll struggle to get out, um, and you you really don't have it much in the in terms of the uh, in terms of the pricing power. But yeah. it, it's I mean it yields okay. It's fairly consistent and stable. But there's much better options out there to pick up yield, which are a hell of a lot safer. Um, I don't think you. You'd, be, you'd want to be buying this on a panic sell, um, you know, if we get a broader market sell-off or something like that where, you you know, you're getting it super, super cheap. But, yeah, it's just not, not something I'd be involved in. All right. Well, there you go, Adam. It's another Kiwi lo lobster pot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, look, they've sort of said higher OPEX uh, due to STI provisionings. I mean... Overall, I think the EBITDA levels, and you sort of looking at the numbers going forward, is is sort of this is Macquarie's numbers. They're saying full year 2020 up three percent, 2024 down seven percent, 2025 up one percent. There's no real, there's no real guidance. There's no range, and if you've got a cap on your prices, then you know you're going to consistently come up against that, mm. and it's going to be in trouble as well. Thirty five percent of New Zealand's power. I think that's absolutely amazing, um, albeit it's a very small market, only 4 million people or 6 million people uh, in, in New Zealand. So, um, yeah, I, I wouldn't... I mean, we've got some fantastic energy operators here in Australia that have got mm. some global reach. I, I prefer that, you know, versus... Uh, and I, I honestly, I think um, overall... Um, you know, we're, we're, renewables is going to take longer than expected. So this thing isn't just, you know, a, a, a story. It's going to continue to go on. But I think, you know, we're going to still need coal. We're going to still need gas. We're going to still need all of these things. And I prefer to be that space. So I'm going to say a no from me as well. Yep. Okay. All right. Let's take to the skies with Qantas um, and uh, management outlining expectations for structurally higher earnings. Uh, focus though on its fleet renewal, which obviously is a huge spend mm. there. And take a look at the share price. Well, it's up more than 40% over the past 12 months. Uh, is it cruise, cruising at altitude at the moment? Uh, where's it gonna go from here? Adam, what are your thoughts? Oh. And, and I guess we're also looking at travel at the moment, particularly yeah. international travel. It is back. Okay, so yes, it is back. and. Everybody except for us hard workers have been, have to, been Europe. to Europe yeah, and yes. back and, and come back. Yeah, yeah. there's everybody. Oh, I'm sick of hearing the yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's fantastic <laughs> you went to Europe. I, that's so happy that you did. And you got a suntan. Even well more. Congratulations. Um, however, 
Um, I reckon, le- and we were talking to Hello World and we were talking to somebody else the other day. Uh, they reckon that retail travel is now done, that trade is done, it's now on the corporate side. Mm-hmm. And we've started to see corporate travel starting to tick up yesterday and the day before. So yeah. that is where you should be looking to put money in corporate travel, especially with that massive UK deal that they did. Uh, I think there's going to be consistent upgrades in that one. So corporate travel would be my pick in the travel space uh, because corporates are coming back. But obviously Qantas is a big thing as well. Look, I've never been a fan of airlines. Uh, it takes a lot of people to get you on that plane and moving and it's very asset heavy and they have to replace all of the, fle- all the fleet. Uh, Alan Joyce got out at the perfect time. I think he, he planned it to the, to, the, to the second. So I think that's it. Look, it's Australia's flagship carrier, but I would say hold. If you've got it, the dividend's gonna be okay. But structurally that cost out program has gotta happen and that's going to be an issue, that cost out program. If they can hit it, that would be good. But then slower expected traffic recovery and structural reduction in travel demand from the retail side, I think it's a hold. It's certainly not a buy. Okay, Mark. Uh, categorically, would be selling this and buying corporate travel. Right. Yeah. Okay. No, they're... Um, there seemed to be a fairly large lag um, from corporate travel for whatever reason. And point. on top of that uh, British deal, which is £1.6 billion. Pounds, Unbelievable. Um, they've also done a deal with the Australian government, which was still yeah. a chunky-sized deal. But after that um, you know, Department of Foreign Affairs deal... Yeah, but the stock was at 21 bucks, and then it got belted to 18 I couldn't it, work out it at all. It does It does really weird things on ratings, but pe- people just soak it up. I've, I've, been, I've been happily buying dips in this for a while. Yeah. We were buyers at... You know, it does tend to trade a bit of a bit of a range, but these guys are these guys are playing catch up because now the corporate travels sort of coming back. I think the flight centres, Qantas, your Webjets of the world, they're you know they're effectively sitting at record highs if you take into account um, market cap rather than because they did issue a lot of shares at, at the lows. So corporate travels lagging, you know, considerably, and I, I think there's um, I think over the next couple of years. Um, Apart from those big contracts, their business was coming back anyway. They were they were heavily criticised, I think, last earnings in March um, for bringing on too many staff um, mm. and not having the business for it. And then obviously the penny dropped once they announced that that massive deal. So uh, that they obviously were, were were betting on the fact that they were gonna they were gonna secure a couple of those big deals. So yeah, that's that's one of my favourites absolutely. Mm. The moment you just, yeah, I would be getting out of your Qantas. You've had your great run. They've got they've got capex coming up. Um, their margins will normalise because they've been just absolutely skinning people alive yeah, uh, as yeah. they wanted to get back into personal travel and those margins were normalised which is a bad thing for, for, for Qantas overall so mm. I, yeah that's, um, that's a pretty easy switch in my mind mm. well, What do you guys think of the potential um, Virgin flow then? Don't touch it Yeah For me, I've got a few rules in markets and one of them is never buy an IPO off private equity Maya, I mean there's, there's hundreds of littered stocks out there that are private equity they wrap it up they make it look nice but they stick all the debt in it and then they give it to unsuspecting shareholders virgin will be exactly the same and i wouldn't i won't touch it i concur yeah the only thing yeah i think uh it was about 90 percent jennifer hawkins in the Maya uh, um, <laughs> <That's right>. prospectus <laughs> and yeah. then there's this tiny little fine print down there and then it was a disaster so i yeah. couldn't agree more yeah. uh, adore beauty there's yeah. another one Got- Absolutely belted yeah. because it's all private equity. So, yep, no, stay away from it. All right, okay. Right, let's uh, come back to Earth and check out. Well, if you want to look at a stock that was a COVID winner yes. and a post COVID loser, yes. this is your one Marley Spoon Meal Kits, uh, subscription based in Australia, US, 
uh, much of Europe at the same time. Uh, 91 mil market cap there, but it's loss making. Um, Mark, is there anything to like about this company at the moment? No, not, no, it really isn't. It, um, <laughs> I, I don't think a stock's ever, you know, missed like nearly a hundred percent of our filters. Um, so yeah, I would not consider this. Um, it's just and look, we, how, constraining household budgets as well. Mm, I mean, yeah. this is not the sort of thing that you know we're getting getting meals delivered. Um, there's a lot of competition in the space with ready meals and things. It's just. You know, people will people will give away the luxury and just you know walk to their supermarket to pick up the same thing. Yeah. It's not of any interest. I mean, if if you held this stock in in COVID, um, you know, if you were smart enough to hold it in you know during COVID, you should have been smart enough to get out as COVID was unwinding because um, mm. it was it was never going to be um, you know they were never going to hold all those customers. So yeah, it's it's a it's a big avoid for me. Yeah, I mean, you can see, I think it COVID had got up to $2. Well, yeah, if we had a five-year five chart, year in chart. fact, uh, it was a big block there. $3.75. So, $3.75. Yeah, thereabouts. And that was like uh, middle of 2020. Then a year later, it started falling off a cliff. Yeah, so you had time. Yeah, yeah, like Mark said, yeah. Yeah, you had time to get out. Like, it's not like it's something new here. But the, the issue with this one is active subscribers, right? And so, obviously, subscribers is where they're going to drive their money and drive that overall return. Even with the, I saw an ad the other day, $200 off your first six boxes or whatever. So, you know, you're going to get whatever discount. But they're, they're really trying that. But their overall active subscribers declined by 24% compared to the previous corresponding period to 235000 So, that is the company have said, well, that, that was driven by lower marketing spend, but really at the end of the day, and they're blaming that cost of living is going higher, so they're struggling. So like all of that makes sense, but it, yeah, look at that. I mean, you know, you, you had a plenty of time and now it's just come back to where it was in 2019. So um, I can't really see another uh, spike up on this one unless they do something very, very different, change the way they're doing it. Um, I, I, look, I get the idea of ready meals. I like it. I yes. like the idea of ready meals. We're all busy, um, but, you know, this one is a little bit different because it's, it's, you you've actually got to make the mm. spaghetti bolognese. It's not in your packaging. You stick it in the microwave. So it's a little bit different. And, and you know, like Mark said, we can walk down to the supermarket and mm. get all that kind of stuff now. So, so. It's kind of like Ikea for food. You just, you know, you, you still have the... The yeah. absolute pain in the neck of having to, to do it all yourself with an and, pay and pay for the privilege. With an so. LNT and then five years yeah. later you regret having bought that because it falls apart, right? Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty but much. Then, no, and the business model revolves around keeping the subscribers because the cost of acquisition is extraordinarily high Huge. for the business. So that, that drop off in active subscribers is pretty much the worst thing that could possibly happen to this yeah. business. So, um, you know, they'll come cap in hand, I would imagine, uh, with another, they'll have to find money somewhere because yeah. they're going to have to go and acquire, expand, which is expensive again. Yeah. Um, it's not, uh, yeah, it's not going to be very pretty, I wouldn't have thought. All right, that is a big avoid then for Marley Spoon, not willing to put that on the menu. All right, let's round it out with Drone Shield. Now, this is interesting because this keeps coming up. Mm. I've spoken about it a lot just this week even, uh, and I'm doing it again. Drone Shield, it uh, well, does what it says, really. It, and <laughs> you only have to look at what's going on in Ukraine at the moment with the use of drones in war, and that's only going to increase uh, with most uh, armies and militaries around the world considering this is the next stage uh, as far as war is concerned. Uh, so 
these guys coming up with a way to, to bring them down and to neutralise drones. And in yeah. fact, it's had a number of contract wins, specifically also with the US government. Adam, do you like it then? So Drone Shield's got some fantastic technology. Um, and I don't know if you've sort of looked at videos around sort of drones and how you capture drones, but Drone Shield has got the ability to actually overtake the drone. And instead of just dropping it out of the sky, and if it had a bomb in it or something and it was over a football field, you drop it in the middle and then it would go straight into the, the football area. So what the technology does is actually takes over and then it actually sends it back to base. So you can actually find out who was actually or get a better idea. Now, there's been other governments where they've like put nets on hawks and hawks <laughs> would go around and you know, like it, it is a problem. Certainly drone and, and, and drone shield have certainly got that. However, the problem that I do have with this one, it trades by appointment. So in other words, if they make a good deal or they have a good uh, announcement, just like EOS, right? It mm. trades by appointment. So you've won a contract with the government or the US or, or whatever. Um, then the stock price rallies up, everyone gets excited about it. But then it's another three, maybe six months before the next big defense contract comes through. And then all of a sudden you then, the everybody gets bored of it. So and then so slowly slides, slides down again. So, you know, if you, over, over a long period of time, this stock really hasn't done much and it's obviously continued to raise capital. So there's this dilution going forward. So I'd just be really careful with this one. I mean, if you understand the technology, understand the business, and you think that there's more contract wins coming up, then absolutely put some money into it. But I'd be really cautious on this one. I'm gonna say uh, avoid mm -hmm. because it trades by appointment and really it hasn't done much in the last uh, four years, five years since we've been watching this one. So yeah, uh, better places to have your money. Yeah, I guess you've got to wonder too whether it's gonna maintain its competitive advantage. You'd imagine there'd be a lot of companies out there at the moment yeah. getting into this. So Mark, how do you feel about it? Yeah, it was a source of heated debate in the office because we've got guys with experience in VC, traders um, and, and a quant team. And realistically, the, the VC guys really liked it in terms of um, you know, long-term prospects if they can maintain the, the technological advantage. The traders quite liked it, but they certainly weren't, weren't ha like, in terms of it is a trade by appointment, mm. it's a great one to buy dips on mm. if you like a, um, you know, if you like it long term, you, you can buy dips and make quite good, de decent money and pretty much sell into the announcements almost, um, was, the, was what they sort of came back with. Um, and it was just too messy for the quant, for the quant analysis as well. So, but it was. But look, I, from a long-term perspective, if they can maintain that technological uh, technological advantage, um, they are established. Their, their their losses are getting smaller and smaller all the time. There's 14 million uh, in the bank. They only lost 400,000, I think, last earnings, and they've got no debt. So, it should be a long while. For, um, given that, I think it was a 33 million dollar contract or something with the U.S. Defense Department. Mm -hmm. that it should be a long time before they come back cap if something will have to have gone wrong for them to come cap in hand anytime soon so but yeah i would be i'd be super cautious wait wait till it looks really grim and then you probably want to buy it then if you like it long term mm -hmm. you do not want to be buying tops of the ranges because mm -hmm. you'll just it, it'll it'll probably spook you out and you'll um you sort of might get squeezed out of the position to the downside before yeah. the next announcement comes along. So if um, you're in there already, what would you if do? If you're in there already, you're just holding it. Um, yeah. And if you're in there already and you're a believer in the story, you know, the next time it, it pulls back, yep. you know, it might yeah, be, might get in that routine of, I mean, we, we back tested the strategy of trying to buy 
uh, buying the dips and selling on the announcements, and it did wonderfully. So right. that's that's the sort of strategy we'd be taking in this one. Um, and given the guys who, who are the long-term investors, we're, we're happy to hold it overall. That's how we'd be playing it. But um, it'd be much more in our active portfolios rather than, um, you know, rather than sort of anything balanced or conservative. Yeah. All right, let's uh, sum up. The second half of the show began with uh, Igas Automotive uh, with its uh, pivoting towards EV, particularly the BYD brand out of China. Uh, And uh, also, as um, Adam pointed out there, with its um, Novada leasing as well. Uh, It's a hold from Adam, a nibble from Mark. Uh, he likes the longer term play here, but does point out it's volatile. Uh, Meridian Energy in New Zealand uh, look pretty much an avoid from both, uh, pointing out to the regular risks there, plus it's very thinly traded. Qantas, which has uh, done very well this past uh, 12 months, um, a hold from Adam, a sell from Mark, both much preferring the upside on corporate travel. Marley Spoon. Yeah, not a lot to be said for this, really. It was one of those COVID winners and has been a post-COVID loser, very much so. So, therefore, it is a big avoid unless they can turn the business around somehow. And finally, the drone shield. Yeah, Adam, it's an avoid there, um, saying it's uh, trades by appointment in terms of just uh, based on those contract wins that it has. Um, Mark's a little more positive on it. said you could buy on weakness there, essentially, if you're in there, you can hold it. All right, that is the show for today. Thanks to our guest, Mark. Thanks for joining us from PC Markets. Thank you. And Adam from Shore Partners. It's great to be here. Great to be here. Not in Europe. Well, prefer to be well, here, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, you can go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks or tweet us at osbiz.tv. Stay with us. The Pulse is up next. <laughs>